This is going to be one of the best episodes we've ever recorded. So we want to welcome you back to another episode of Crypto Casuals, the best show about NFTs, crypto in the world when it comes to educating and communicating with the common man and the common woman, right? Crypto is so new. NFTs are so new. A lot of people out there talk about them. They talk down to you. What we try to do is just have casual conversations with people that are innovating in the space. And hopefully you take away one or two things from the show. So I'll tell you right now, this might be a show you go and instead of increasing the playback speed, you decrease it to like 0.75 or 0.5 because the energy in the room between Cage and Zane is going to be off the charts. Fast talkers, high energy guys. The guy in front of me here, Zane is, he's someone that was one of the OGs on the V Friends project with Gary. Okay. He started his own, what you call good morning doodles, but I really think of it as a good morning cartoon kind of IP uh, program that's just getting started, right? There there Mm -hmm. may be books and we'll talk all about that stuff. And it's just someone that knows, if I were to say the top three people in the NFT space that know how to build community, and we talk about that all the time, I will put you at the top of that list. You understand Discord, you understand community, you understand uh, levity, but also value. So Without further ado, guys, this might be an episode you listen to two or three times, play it back. So I couldn't be more excited. Zane, I really, really appreciate it. Welcome to the Crypto Casual Show. Yeah, dude, thanks for having me. And um, that was one hell of an introduction. I hope I can, uh, I can make it. I hope I can make it as valuable. Uh, and I'm really excited to be here. I'm excited to learn from you guys as well. I think there's a lot of cool stuff we can talk about. Well, I don't think there could be better timing, right? So just today, I saw tweets like. Shiba coin, if you invested a thousand dollars, it was it would be 270 million. There's a wallet, you know, that someone found. Zane, was it eight thousand dollars? It became how much in billions? Yeah, there, there was a tweet uh, that, that got a lot of uh, attraction. It was somebody who, I think spent eight thousand dollars last year in Shiba and now it's worth like five point six billion dollars. It's insane. So we have that. We talk about good morning doodles, communities. Is it OK if we kick off with V friends because a lot of our community, we come from the sports card space, right? Mm-hmm. So in 2018, 19, Gary was talking heavily about sports cards, right? And then early in this year, he started V Friends. And it kind of split the hobby. A lot of people were like, this is super cool. A lot of people were like, what? We don't get it. Why would we buy a doodle? Could you share, you know, you were there, you were creating the community. You know how much Gary, you know, delivers value for the people that listen to him every single day. Could you take us back? You know, what was like March and April like of this year building, you know, the foundation of VFriends? Yeah, dude, it was such an epic ride. Um, looking back, there was so much I learned. So, you know, at first a big, so I'll say this. So Gary started talking a lot about NFTs. I'd say like December, maybe November of 2020. And at the time I was, uh, I think I was running his, like I was responsible for his LinkedIn or Instagram was somewhere in that, in that space. So I was making content for him and responsible for his content on his platforms. So I was like, regardless of whatever this thing is, I should learn it so I can create good quality content for Gary with the context. And so I started digging in. That was like my gateway. And then early 2021 uh, this year, I'd say like February, uh, Andy, who's the president of, of Be Friends with that team, Gary, uh, he reached out to me and was like, hey, we're launching this project. It's an NFT project. We'll tell you more about it. But, um, you know, would you be interested in being the head of community and, and content for it? Um, and uh, of course, I said yes, because it sounded like a fun opportunity. Um, and it was cool, man. Looking back, one of the things I've learned is we were very, uh, like VFriends was very early. This is before Coolcast. This is before uh, Bored Apes. And just for context, it took, uh, you know, VFriends is a collection of 10,000, a little over 10,000 tokens. It took 20 days to sell the collection. 
something tells me if Gary or like if the same uh, you know team of people put out a, a collection now or uh, it's gonna sell out much faster. It's gonna sell out like 20 minutes maybe versus 20 days. So that's how early the project was because a lot of people didn't have uh, other purchases. For a lot of people, this was their um, first project they were getting into. So a big focus of ours going into it was putting out a lot of educational material. So you might remember there were a lot of blogs on like, what what's a crypto wallet? Like how to, uh, what is Ethereum? How to get Ethereum in your wallet? How to be ready and just like getting people prepped for um, for this launch and like how to purchase it. That was gonna be a big challenge we recognized early on. That was a big focus of mine and the teams. And then we also launched our Discord, uh, I'd say like two weeks before the May 11th uh, launch of eFriends. And even there we were putting on like office hours with really experienced technical people. So people could jump on and get like real time office hours help and get set up. And that was a big focus of ours. Like how do you educate on people like what this is? And also like once you get their buy-in, like how do you actually get them prepped so they are ready to like press purchase um and so yeah man that was a, lo a lot of stuff and i feel like now if, if me friends or any project were to launch there's so much material educational material already out there that you wouldn't probably need to create your own you could just kind of create a curriculum and find other people's awesome youtube videos and articles and kind of build that out you don't have to do a lot of the work yourself like we did i mean i, I have a, a million questions i, I want to ask you about building a community right because we see a lot of people we see a lot of really famous people create NFTs, but they don't actually spend the time building a community. So I guess, you know, you launched your Discord two weeks before, you know, for people out there who are just starting their NFT project or trying to even maybe assess what is a strong community, can you talk to it? Because I, I do believe you have a really good eye and a good pulse of what makes a strong community versus what, you know, a lot of communities out there smoke and mirrors. We all get maybe a hundred different DMs on Discord, like join my community and they're spamming and people just see right through it. So what makes it a strong community? Yeah, I mean, there's so much, right? Like there, there's so many factors included. I think one thing that made BeFriend stand out, especially now that I'm, I'm, I'm talking to some other NFT projects and like they're reaching out to me for help. So I'm like jumping on intro calls with them is like one thing that made it really special was just how involved uh, Gary was and still is, right? Like he's the owner and the champion of this project, but he's like, despite how crazy busy uh this guy is he's in the v friends uh discord if you go in there right now and search gary v on the in the search bar you'll see he's like responding to people's comments and like interacting with them and joking with them he was also hosting a lot of like live q a's that i was putting on uh with him so he was just like there he was available and that's one thing that like even i've noticed over the last couple of months is it's not always the case but a lot of times whenever the development team uh and the founders of this project are deeply involved and actually accessible um in, in the in the project especially pre-launch um it's just a good indication uh, i know tom bilyeu for his recent project he's like lives in his discord too so i think that's just like um uh, a thing i've seen that that's a commonality um in addition i think it's just like also um the more you can be uh transparent about like where you are uh on certain points of the journey the better so i, I think anytime as a community member in a discord if i'm like questioning like I'm like hey i saw this on the roadmap like you guys are building a video game like where are you guys with that? And the more of that that happens, the weaker the community tends to get, especially if no one's like replying back to these um, these questions in a timely manner. So, you know, like Robotos is a, a really cool project that I like. And one thing I love that they do is they have a channel um, called like the Post-It channel or something, Daily Post-It, where um, the, the head of the project, Pablo, I believe, he like draws a doodle on a sticky note every day, throws it up on this channel, along with like four or five bullet points on what the team is working on that day and what they've achieved. 
So it's like as a Roboto's like uh, holder, I'm like, oh, cool. This is what the team's working on. And I automatically feel like I have a stronger tie with like the team and what they're doing and also the community. So those are like two things that come to my mind right off the top. As you're talking, we're, you know, what we're selfishly, because we released our Lucas Tigers NFT. And what's interesting is we get a lot of these questions from our audience, right? And because mm-hmm. there's, this is so new, we're trying to, there is no blueprint, but there are some really strategic people to follow, Gary, Tom Bilyeu, uh, yeah. and how they go about it. So, so I'm, I'm kind of learning on the fly and also want to deliver value uh, on the show. So like, I'm, guys, I forgot to even say, this week, if you're in New York City, it's NYC NFT, right? You're, you're flying mm-hmm. in for that? Yeah, yeah, I'm flying in next week. I'm going to be there from Tuesday to Friday. I'm really excited. It's uh, the energy. First of its kind. First yeah. of its kind, right? A lot of people are comparing it to like old school, like South by Southwest vibes. Like this is the first time we're going to do stuff like this. And, you know, with Coinbase and everything else happening in the ecosystem and more people inevitably joining by this time next year, this is like the OGs convention to like come together and meet each other and like be together. So I'm, I'm really excited. The energy of just Twitter alone has me so fired up for it. It's going to be the weirdest you, thing ever. Yeah. We got a bunch of anonymous people. Yeah. who are like, not going to introduce themselves. It's going to be the funniest thing on earth. I mean, it's yeah. going to be like, who are you? I'm Ape2711. Uh, <laughs> really? All right. That's nice. Good to meet you, Ape2711. I mean, like, you're not going yeah. to have name tags? You know, like, what? it's going to be... It's, there it, should be a shirt company that puts the, the NFT mm. that's in your avatar on your shirt. You should have to walk around. I think it's very funny that that's the way things have gone. It's, it's nobody... Everybody in the world collects tangible assets and then all of a sudden there's an explosion of collecting digital assets and the first thing everybody wants from their digital asset is something tangible when mm. merch the first thing we yeah. think about is let's get a sweatshirt with my nft on it oh, i mean it, isn't that kind of an interesting thing and it leads me to my question for you zane because you are knee deep in this stuff right if you were to go back and look at you know monthly charts of open sea volume and i use that as the easiest thing because first of all because it's trackable um but but second of all more importantly because i think they are the you know the right now the main place for buying if you look at like a monthly chart in us dollars it's basically january of this year is where it starts and you wouldn't even see it Right. I mean, obviously, people were trading on there before, but you look at a bar chart, there's nothing. Mm-hmm. It's like a line. And then February through, let's call it June, July, which, you know, it's funny. You know, it starts to pick up in May a little bit, maybe May 5th. Um, and then these huge bar in August. And then yeah. September's bar is a little lower and October's bar is a little lower than that. Volume, but, right? Is kind but, of what you're so about. This, is, this is monthly volume, right? And then if you look at daily volume, what's funny is we have you on at exactly the right time because 1027's volume on OpenSea, while significantly higher than it was to start the year, it's actually the lowest volume trading day since August 3rd, you know, yeah. when they had their big volume. So, you know, what is somebody like you? Do you care? You just drop your Friday, you know, good morning doodles mm-hmm. and, and, and go on with your own thing. You know, do, do you have any concern? Do people in the VFriends world or your own world or the people you speak to, you know, think, wow, this is a bubble. Look at the chart. It's typical boom spike. And then, okay, maybe a little more spike and then down. I mean, mm. what do you say to people who are, you know, old like me who say, you know, oh, this NFT, it's a it's a bad you know it's like yeah. uh, pet rocks you know it's like one of those kind of things you know and and maybe i should ask you that after you do 
NFT NYC because it's going to be a rabid community of lunatics there. You're like, well, if you think it's going away, you should have spent some time here, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. It's so funny. Um, no, I, I think I'll answer your question and then I might have something else. So, um, no, I'm not personally concerned. I mean, I think it's just like, and I haven't been, I'm not as knowledgeable as a lot of other people, but, you know, I, I'm not concerned because I have a feeling it's going to go back up inevitably. I mean, right now, like gas fees this whole week are so crazy. I mean, people aren't, there's like, people aren't claiming free mints because gas is costing so much. Um, I was uh, trying to claim a free mint yesterday that, that I was eligible for. And uh, I went to like claim it and then gas fees popped up. And usually if they're like, you know, $60, $80, I'm like, fine, it's a free mint, I don't care. It was 300 something dollars. It was like 0 0.08 uh, ETH. And I was like, of course not. I'm not going to claim that. <laughs> like that's like buying the NFT. Um, and so, you know, there's a lot of factors, obviously, with these, these altcoins and just a lot going on. But I'm not personally worried. I don't think a lot of the people I talk to who are very much in this bubble of NFTs uh, don't seem to be very concerned. Um, you know, I, I have a weekly uh, doodle uh, collection, Good Morning Doodles, that I, I drop two to five doodles every Friday. Um, I'm going to keep dropping those. And I think the people that are um, buying those for me are, are not, unless the gas fees are, you know, crazy, I don't think they're going to let that get in the way of the purchasing decision. And by the way, if they decide to, that's okay too, because um, I understand that because I didn't mint something for free the other day. So I don't expect someone to buy my stuff. Uh, when gas fees are, are high so i'm not concerned i think it's all gonna like ebb and flow and it's gonna work itself out because i think like sometimes in the nft space things feel like they take forever um like i was i, I was on this uh, twitter spaces the other day and someone was talking about like how um you know cool cats had the floor is much higher i think it was like eight eth now but and they were looking back like man we spent months and it's feel you know so long like everyone was trying to buy my cool cat i i held it and now it's worth like this much like i'm gonna crush it and then someone else in the space was like, dude, Coolcast just came out in like June or July. Like, you haven't, it hasn't been that long. And the guy was like, oh my God, I, I didn't even make that connection. It feels like it's been since January. Um, so yeah, I'm not, I'm not worried. I, I, I'm curious what you guys think, but, but I think it's all going to work itself out um, with, with all the different moving pieces. I have a theory. Yeah. Throw it out there. In May, Ethereum hit new highs, April, May, right? Mm -hmm. And then you saw those people who profited off of that Ethereum investment from 1800 to 4400, they take and redeploy that money into NFTs, right? They, they redeployed into sports cards. We see it all the time as well, right? We talk about how crypto millionaires uh, are the ones that, you know, kind of move this market. Well, this time it's different. This time it might be Shiba millionaires, right? Hmm. Like I, I know we're not Shiba experts by any means, but there's a tremendous amount of wealth that's being generated. And I think it's foolish to say that that wealth is gonna stay in Shiba coin, right? People take profits, yeah. at least partial. And then I believe they wanna buy something that's uh, virtue signaling, shows you who they are or what values they have. So I think not when you know ETH just goes up and down. I think when there's new highs or significant new highs on any of these coins or altcoins, is when you start to see a lagging measure, but after some time, you start to see NFTs go up. And, and I believe, and we saw this in sports cards as well, I believe we saw kind of base, you know, in August, which is the 10,000 PFP projects. I think in January of next year, we're gonna see low mint vintage projects start to appreciate, like 2018, 19 ones that have a thousand or less supply. So that's just the theory. I have nothing to back it, but the, a lot of what I do is just I'm trying to understand people's behavior and patterns because none of this stuff is really that predictable. If it was, I'd be a billionaire. 
But that's just a theory. Any comments? Shadowy Coder went off mute, which is incredible. I love when I hear from him. Right. I'm curious. Yeah, I'm trying to understand how people collect and why they collect. Um, so understanding all the different reasons why you would buy something, obviously there are a few evident ones. Like you like the aesthetic, that's a good reason to collect. Or you like the idea of the, um, the community that you're joining. Or maybe you just think it's a good investment. You think the thing's about to blow up. Um, so something I try and figure out, and I'm excited to ask Zane and Cage now too, like what percentage of your wallet is things that you like just for the aesthetic? What's what percentage of your wallet is just for money making? No, but then also um, then the rest of the world too. And maybe you'll get a better feel of this after you go to the NYC um, NFT. But but that's always been an interesting question for me because I'm a different kind of investor than most people, I think. Um, but maybe, maybe we're all the same here. Maybe we're all just trying to make money. Maybe we're not really committed to the aesthetic. I don't know. But then it asks the question like, how do you choose which kind of NFT to create if you're creating an NFT? Like, does anyone really collect Gary Vee's NFTs because they like the aesthetic? Uh, maybe, maybe not though. Something else. I know, but yours, Zane, your NFTs, like, there's the aesthetic there. So I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, it's a good, I mean, that's like the the thing you see on Twitter and Discord all the time, right? Is, is people always trying to figure that out. And like, that's that, the reason it's tough is because everyone is different. You know, for me personally, I'd say like, if I had to guess, uh, 75% of, I'd say like 50% of my purchases were somewhat like visually related, appealing. Like, um, you know, like there is the, a big like, okay, this this project is probably gonna flip one day and it's gonna be a big brand. Um, I, but then even when I'm buying that, like I've made the decision to buy something from that collection, it goes to like aesthetics for me. <laughs> like I'd much rather get something lower rarity that looks good, just just the way I am. And then I'd say the other 50% of what I've bought is, is more like, investing in um a project that i think has the potential to become a bigger thing that i could potentially flip in a couple of months uh just given how active the community is how active the the team is how transparent the team is um stuff like that like even my cool cat back here somewhere or on that side uh mm -hmm. i got for five ETH. i mean that's a lot of money that's like at the time seventeen thousand usd dollars um but i bought this specific one and not a more rare one because i'm just like oh it, it's a uh, it's wearing this blue jet. It's wearing this like blue sweater and it has a scarf and has this beret and it looks like artistic. And I draw like I'm drawn to this cat as weird as it sounds. I'm going to pay an extra ETH just to get this specific cat, even though it's lower on the rarity side, which is insane as I say that out loud. But I love it. I love it so much. I've got a, a painting of it in my in my room. Um, and, and and what's crazy is I bought it for five ETH uh, at the time. I think the floor was like four. And now the floor is like probably eight or nine, I'm not sure, but it hit an all time high, I believe of like 14, not too long after I got my cool cat. So I think eventually I'll be able to flip it for good financial gains, but I also just love the way it looks. I'm even getting like a rug from a friend. He's making a rug for me right now of it. So I'm like 50, 50. Uh, I just, I, I trust my instincts. And usually I go into a collection knowing I can flip it, but then in the collection when I'm buying, I make my buying decisions off like, um, the art and then i do support a couple of smaller artists too i guess like similar to me um uh there's this one really cool collection called toto is a good dog uh it's just like really small artist and he has this character of a dog and he um does similar to me actually he does weekly drops where he like takes this toto this dog and draws him in different styles and drops him weekly and if you buy five Clifford the dogs, big red dog i would buy clifford the big red dog if someone released that yeah and but like think about this part of my now, childhood Bro, but now the the artist of Clifford the Red Dog is dropping these weekly different Cliffords. And if you buy five of them and you prove that you have five of them, he'll draw you a custom doodle for free. 
Wow. So, so that's like why I did that. I'm like, oh, this guy, this artist is so great. And if I buy five art pieces I like for really cheap, he's gonna draw me a custom one. So, um, yeah, I'd say it's 50-50, but um, it, I, I do like the art side a lot. There's something you said there that I really liked and I'm gonna adopt now too, which is, um, you know, it doesn't have to be either or, it can be both. You said that you will get into a project because you believe in its fundamentals and you can see its growth, but then once you're in that project, then you can buy it through aesthetic. So, so it's not either or, it's both. And that's kind of the, that's an idea I like and now I might adopt too. But it brings up the question for me, it's like, from what I've seen looking at these projects, it's easy to sell things if they're at the floor. It's easy to sell things if they're at the highest rarity. It's really hard to sell things if they're stuck somewhere in this big middle. And that's probably where lots of the aesthetic sits. And so it's difficult to flip those, I'm guessing. Yeah. Can I also yeah, ask if you could add what is highest rarity? Is that top 200, top 500? So just to add to that, because I had the same question. Is that foreshadowing? No, it's for you. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, it depends, right? It's arbitrary. Like for me, it, I, I look at a highest rarity that's in the top, like 2%. Um, you know, I'm like, well, like that's like, if, I, if you get something in my opinion, if you get something in that world, then yeah, there's probably like more financial gains usually just because the people that are trying to like buy something in that rarity have, have the, have, like the money to buy it. Um, and I really like what Shadowy said, cause it's so true. I thought about the other day too. I was talking to a friend. It's like, yeah, the floor is easy to sell. The highest is hard, you know, hard, easy to sell because you have specific buyers that want one of those things but the middle is where things get drowned out and i made the mistake of like buying stuff like that i was like oh i don't need to buy the floor but i can't afford the highest so i'll buy something in the middle and now i'm like if i want to ever sell it or flip it i'm almost like I either have to wait a long time but if i want like quicker um quicker flip i almost have to like be forced to put it on the floor otherwise it, it won't sell as fast mm -hmm. it's a good argument for smaller for smaller collections Smaller collections make the middle not so hard to find. So smaller collections, meaning far less than 10,000, kind of look attractive to me. Cage, there was, there was your tangible. So think about this, like Zane owns a cool cat, but then he got a, he's getting a rug made for him with the cool cat on it and he has a cool cat painting. So it's, the, I'm, I'm interested and I want to, tell me your take on this. Like five years ago, the same community of NFTers if someone offered them like a Picasso painting for 20K, they would be like, what the, I don't want a Picasso painting or like a Monet. They'd be like, what am I gonna do with this? But now this same community loves art and they're making the paintings out of their NFTs. It's it's just so fascinating where we've come as a culture, uh, just to watch it unfold, whether you are, you know, like sometimes I, I wanna look at things objectively, just watching how that unfolds. It's like, it blows my mind. Hey Zane, I have a theory. You're in the cool cat, so this is a you know it's, yeah. a, it's a good one for you, right? So my theory is cage that theories. love cage theories. If you love go back it. and take a look at it, February there was only about thirty thousand total users on OpenSea, right? And it didn't really grow that much um, at all um, until well, let's call you know that that month, let's call it whatever it may be, and it kind of grew. But what's funny about it is if you look at a project like Bored Apes, and you look at a project like even Cool Cats, which, you know, came when it came, V Friends, you know, when those things dropped, let's call it May. In May, the beginning of May, we you just crossed over last week of April or so, 100,000 users on, um, on OpenSea. And obviously it ballooned, you know, you're talking about in August, it started with like 170 something thousand and ended August, you know, well over 300, right? So what i say is that these communities 
they've grown with prosperity and prosperity only. It's sort of like people who got into Top Shot early, right? That exploded from 50,000 users, 20,000 users, 10,000 to, you know, half a million users, right? And and with it, the price of everything went up, right? Those what you'd call potential blue chip, which is amazing to talk about something that's months old as a blue chip. Your V friends, your cool cats, your board apes, etc., etc. Those are the ones that 10,000 is not a lot of as you've seen, right? But those communities they're held up as stalwarts, these great communities, they're the best community to be in. I believe that the reason why they're the best community to be in is because the price has only gone up and not vice versa. I don't think the price is because the community is so great. I think the community is great and everybody's friends and everybody wants merch because they haven't seen any adversity. They haven't gone through a down cycle. And what's funny is I almost thought I had proven this out because there was a party in the Cool Cats land when you crossed over 10 floor. Remember the 10th floor? It was yeah, like the milk Twitter chugging was owned by Cool Cats, chugging milk all over yeah. the place. It was like the greatest thing on earth. Like I was going, I don't have a cool cat. Um, I don't even I don't have a not cool cat. I don't have a cat at all. I'm not a cat person. I'm a dog person. Maybe I'm a lion person. Who the hell knows? NFTs are nuts like that. But I didn't chug any milk, but I was thinking about just in solidarity. What a great community. And, and you know what happened a couple weeks later when, when Ethereum started going up? That floor was down to like six. Six yeah. and change, right? And people were legit falling over themselves to race to the floor, right? And and you don't want to call it a crash because it lasted like two days. But but if you paid attention to it enough, and I watch because we're gonna do this show, and you know I have to be able to add something to it other than my good looks. It's I watched and and the and floor were pair. the floor were people who were buying it at nine, eight, eight, and selling at six, eight. 695 taking a loss and at the time with ethereum being what it is you know taking a, a five-figure loss you know taking a, i don't want to talk at fiat here but taking a ten thousand dollar loss on this right which is it's crazy to see and i guess you know those are the people who shouldn't be in it anyway but i'm wondering because i didn't go in the cool cats discord i probably should have i wonder what it was like in there when there was a day or two 48 hours of adversity and for some you know it had to be almost like a who cares because most people got in at nothing you know, they got in it, whatever it is. And okay, so it's not 10 anymore. Now it's six or seven or eight. Don't worry, it'll go back up. Diamond hands. You know, I, I wonder two things from you, Zane. One, if that kind of adversity lasts more than 48 hours, what happens in those great communities? And if those communities like Cool Cats, which only has prosperity, if those things are susceptible to those swings and that adversity and those communities that everybody likes to hold up as the reason why nfts are worth so much are are, are able to be kind of broken down a little bit what's going to happen to the million nft projects that have come since where they haven't had that run up they weren't first they weren't there to make their communities all rich they weren't there for anyone who minted is in the profit what about the ones where you know they were flat or their price didn't fly and gas prices hurt them. Gas prices make it impossible to even buy the floor because it's doubling the price. You know, and then, so one, what happens in your community? Two, what happens in the other communities? And then three, and take this however you like, Zane, because I, I get long questions. No one's ever going to accuse me of being brief. What does that mean for the space in general? You know what I mean? Because if now 90% of the projects mint 
go down. Gas gas prices cost too much money, even if it's nice art, right? They go down, and 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 the vast majority of the people in the Discord are losing money. How do you have a community that's like, wow, I really want to be part of this community? You know what I mean? How how do you how do you expect the the whole thing to be sustained? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot there, right? I, I think.、Um, yeah, yeah, that's、so. what I do. <laughs> no, I love it. it. It makes me think too. Like these are, you know, I don't even know if I have an answer to all of them. I'll say this, like, you know, when when Cool Cats, to your point, was like at an all time high, and then this this dip happened and fell to like I think yeah, it was like six sixty floor.、Um, yeah, look, I, I I did I don't don't remember as you were talking. I'm like, what was the Cool Cats Discord like, or what were some of these other discords I was in like? And、um, I remember I don't remember the specifics, but I do remember being in the smaller communities where like the floor might have been you know like point one. Uh, you know, smaller, newer projects versus like the cool cats、uh, that were a little more established. And even though they had experienced a dip, their floor is still like considerably higher、uh, than a lot of other projects.、Um, I just remember this like, I just remember the project. I, I do remember spending time, and there was a lot of negativity overall. Like I felt like in the community, in the space, sometimes in, in some discords. But the ones I noticed it more of were were the smaller projects because a lot of these people were maybe the, the buyers of them. Maybe didn't have the, the as much money, so this was a lot to them when they bought in at point zero six. You know, I'll say like with Cool Cats, one thing I love about them is if you look at their announcements,、uh, when I think they hit the、um, the tenth floor, but like you mentioned, everyone was celebrating.、Uh, one of the first announcements the next day, the Cool Cats team made was, "Hey everyone, we're excited. This is cool, but keep in mind, let's celebrate and not、um, and not like be upset at people who sell because this is life changing money for a lot of people."、Yep. Um, and I think like whenever communities approach it as like, hey, let's not make fun of people that might even sell for a loss because we don't know like what their life situation is like. Like they might actually have just had a medical emergency. Someone might have lost a job. So、um, I guess like going back,、um, a lot of a lot of like the the oh my god, should I sell? Should I just hold ETH?、Um, what was happening in a lot of smaller communities? At least I was in.、Um, I'd be curious what the data actually looks like, of course, and.、Um, Yeah, I think I think in terms of like how like how can some of these smaller projects survive? Like that's the hard part, right? It's like that's why I mentioned earlier, like being transparent on like where you guys are in your progress makes a big difference, and and showing like your roadmap, and not just like what the roadmap is, but like again, where are you? Like what milestones are you hitting? Like what are the deadlines? Like as transparent as you guys can be, even if you're missing the deadlines, is amazing because that's gonna get someone that that could be the difference of like holding a token and selling it for a small loss and getting a and getting some ETH to hold. Um, and you know, I've had a lot of like interesting projects, and people hit me up recently that I've been talking to just about their community needs, and、uh, they're trying to like launch a project during this weird time where like ETH is high, gas is high, and like people are maybe less.、Uh, there's less chance of people buying NFTs or taking a chance on new projects. And my answer is like, yeah, but like, what's going to make you stand out, and and what's what are you going to do to show them that you're taking this seriously? How are you going to be involved in your Discord community and Twitter communities? How are you going to give access and Are you going to be? Are you willing to do a three-hour live Q and A every day leading up to to the launch? Like, what are you doing to show that you're really involved?、Um, and those little things make a big difference. I mean, I, I hold tokens for certain communities, and the ones I I hold on to long term or I plan to hold on to long term are the people whose teams are、um, being transparent and they're very very involved and active. I have something, but KJ, you want to follow up at all? No, I mean, I think it, it makes sense. Obviously, you know, the the more active, the more fun stuff. Just, you know, what I want to get down to, and and look, you you, you have to be a believer in in NFTs,、mm-hmm. obviously, or or you're not. Is you know, one of the things I've been trying to think about with this is the 
the PFP project especially, there is an infinite supply, infinite yeah. supply yeah. of these. And now with like, you know, when, when Luke sure came out, true. How, how is it not true? Any person can make any 10,000 of anything. It is legit the easiest thing in the world to do. It is infinite. And then when you get something like loot involved, it's not even art. It's not even drawing. Now it's now, now it's just like the spoken letter. Now, you know, now it's just letters. It's, it's print. Um, it is legit something where there is an infinite amount of, of, of NFTs. There's an infinite and, amount of money grabs, Cage, but there's not an infinite amount of actual projects. Like a project is... By definition, it's like is. a step by step by step. No, no but some of them are money grabs. Some yeah, of them but just who, into a wallet. Who are you to decide that it's a money grab? You know what I mean? Like I'm even not. even the things that started off a money grab could potentially work out. I mean, people do these things. You're talking about frauds or scams, sure. But the vast majority of people who put these out there, they're they're putting it out there for whatever the reason is. I guess what I'm saying is, you know, th this is the same argument. I don't want to call it on. This is the same conversation you have with any type of collectible or any type of investment, right? There are a finite number of potential investors, finite, where there's an infinite supply of potential things to invest in, whether they're cash grabs, projects, whatever the hell you want to call it. There's an infinite amount of these that can be made, right, for people to invest in. And, you know, one of the big questions I have is retail investors haven't even really gotten into this yet. I mean, this is the same crew of folks. You know, we're up to about 600,000 on OpenSea, so that's you know a significant amount. But it's not your average retail investment type. It's not, And it's definitely not as many people who are investing in, in everything else. So does that mean the PFP projects have to slow down? Does that mean that you know there's an overall slowdown? I, I don't know the answer to that, but there is, there is a point coming where the supply, not of cool cats, because that's limited, but the supply of... PFPs that people can invest in is going to way, way, way surpass the amount of demand for it that's out there in regular investors. So it's an interesting thing, man. It really is just, I mean, it, it, it's a lot of fun. And I think that's why you see the cycles of volume. I think it's why you see the cycles of, you know, of, of, of pricing. Um, and you're right, Andrew, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, take away from that. The real projects with real leaders will find a way to get through that because they're creating demand for what they're putting out in the marketplace and there'll always be demand for quality right and if it's a quality piece yeah. there will be enough people to invest mm -hmm. in it so i get that i guess what i'm just saying is just you know there have been many things like this that have charts like this where it's you money know, like money has boom. more supply cage you know what's interesting and i've been thinking of, so we always talk about supply demand Zane, just give me 30 seconds you, you'll, you'll hop on no here. it's cool but yeah I've been I, we always think a lot about supply demand, but I've been thinking a lot more about the word scarcity, right? Because money, there's way more supply of money than there is demand, uh, than there is people, right? But it's infinitely scarce because there's infinitely more demand for it, right? There's infinitely more people who always want to use money, even though the supply of money is insane, Cage. Money's not, no, because money is not. There's I trillions mean, of dollars out there. Yeah, but it, there's a use for it. There's a use for Utility. money. You have to Good. utilize money to yep. do things. You don't use most of these things. And obviously, if there's a utility Absolutely. involved, that's fine. But right now, money, cash, the trillions of dollars, you know, that's the world needs more money than what. 
oh, we kind of disappeared there. It was like the world needs more money. There's, there's more money being printed every day because we're using the money. You know, like that. That's a, it's an odd comparison to make, right? Um, you know, you want to use gold. Even gold gets used. You don't want to use any other, you know, investment. I, I, what I'm thinking about, and, and remember, we're, we're trying to think of these things as almost like art, right? You know, with the ability to just boom spit these things out the way they are. Like artists, think of how long an artist it would have taken an artist to do ten thousand pieces of their art, right? I mean, now they do it in an hour. You know, now they do it as you know, it's done as soon as the gas is cheap enough. You know, so well, it's just it. Go ahead, this thing. No, I was gonna say I think I think it's a good convo. I think the other thing is at least from what I've seen, there's you know to your point, um, there's all these like new emerging PFP projects, and there's there's so many now. Um, yep. It is a lot. And I and I think one thing I've noticed is when I've looked, you know, whether I'll join a Twitter spaces or I'll join their discord and learn more, what I've learned actually, and this is just my hypothesis, I really don't know the truth behind it, but they've been working at this for months. So my take is like, wait, they saw Bored Apes, they saw Cool Cats, and they're like, wait a second, what's this thing? And they're like, let's do our own. And they spent like two or three months building it. Well, now it's done. And, and, and now they're putting it all out. So I feel like, at least from what I've seen, a lot of the projects, these PFPs that are, are coming out, over the last month they started working on like two months ago because of cool cats and bored apes and now they're able to put it out so i actually think like i could be wrong but but i think like th you're gonna see a a high rise of these pfp projects over like the next month and then i think it's gonna cool down because i think those people started building so when when it was like oh shit like this could be the next big thing let, let's go all in and i think because of that a lot of these projects won't take off um because i because i check out these new pfps i'm always interested because um, I am so drawn to like a lot of art, um, but I'm, I haven't really bought any new PFP projects because one, I, I'm like I, similar to a lot of people. I'm like, wait, eats going up. I, I actually let me be more conservative. And then two, um, I'm just not noticing anything that's helping some of these projects stand out. And a lot of it's because their team, it just seems like they're just trying to put out a project versus like put out a project and then figure out how to turn this project into like something bigger and grow the community. Um, you know, I think I think the newest projects like Dead Fellas and Robotos that came out in, in August, um, the reason they're so special and, and getting bigger every day, including their unique holders, is because their their team and their community is so involved. Um, so yeah, it's just it's interesting. I think we're gonna see a lot of PFPs. I don't think many of them will, will stand a chance over time. I've already there was one project I was involved in. I bought in August, and they just like ended the the project like a week ago, and we're like, hey, we just can't continue. We're just not. This is that's not gonna work, and that's it. And there's gonna be a lot of it. It's gone. Yeah. Gone. And that's going to keep happening. That was the first time I've experienced it. I think I'm going to experience it at least like two or three more times. Over Shout the next, it out. Like, Which project was it? Year. Let's go. What was it? No, it was called. Yeah, I don't mind. It was. Um, and I think it was called NFT Theo. It's like these teddy bears. Um, and um, and you could buy a, a teddy bear. And I, I can't remember all of it, but it, you like bought a teddy bear and they're going to use the, the, the funds to send teddy bears to people. It's like, oh, it's so cute. Like, I'll give it to my girlfriend. Like, that, that's such a nice thing. Um, and I can't remember why, I think it was a pretty good reason. I think like one of the founders just like, I don't remember if they got sick or they just like, didn't like have the time, but something happened. So, um, but anyways, that's it. Like it's gone. Like my project, I got two bears. They're worth nothing now. And, um, it's just weird yeah. to like, see how that all takes place. I invested in, I invested in my little orphan and they had I this think huge be a lot dream. of projects like that, by the way, Zane. I think it's a huge dream of helping orphans get them off the streets and into safe homes. And they, they didn't do any of that. Um, I did, it I would take the rest of the episode for me to tell you all of the ones that I've invested in that have basically gone to zero. It would take I would take too long. Th things that I can't even sell because they're not even worth my time. 
selling them. Anymore. It's my favorite yeah. call. I love getting calls from Cage. Like, check out this project. Hundreds of them. <laughs> sure, money maker. This well, is because, how I live in Tulum. You know what winds up happening is if you're in it in like May and June and you see it doesn't really matter what you got in, it went up. Right? Oh, it was the same yeah. thing as Top Shot. It was the same thing, you know, and, and Gary's V friends were there. And, and basically, if you look at the projects that were there that were legit top line projects, World of Women, which was, you know, end of July, right before the huge August boom, perfect timing on that, right? If you look at those projects, if you were in it then, it was almost too easy. And then when August happens and all of a sudden everybody comes in and August and September and everybody's doing these PFP projects and you think you're going to be able to repeat the same success that you had prior because you were one of the first people to do it, all of a sudden everything is failing, right? Everything. What's the value here for the audience? So I, I hear your, your analysis. What's the value here for the audience? Be careful with the PFP projects right now. And I think Zane's saying the same thing. He's saying that if you yeah. if you if you pay attention to what he said, is that it takes two or three months to have these things done. So the people who are putting out these projects now are the ones who two or three months ago were watching the successes of the cool cats and the board apes. They put these projects out thinking that they were gonna be able to repeat it. And the vast majority of them are just putting them out because, all right, we think that we could be the next one of those. But what he's saying is decipher those, take a look at those, get in their discord, you know, pay attention, look at the team that's behind all of them, because a very few will actually succeed and become the next Robotos. A very few will succeed and actually yeah. deliver on the promises they have. Well, I want to talk about, team. I want to talk about Zane's project, because truthfully, when I saw how you rolled it out, I was like, he's doing it right. So, I mean... Mm. Zippy, is that your main character? I always forget. Chippy. Chippy, Chippy. So yeah. I remember even, I followed Zane for a while. We worked together, Gary V's. I mean, since day one, man, you're the unique guy that comes to work on day one. And he's like, all right, I'm ready to rock, right? It wasn't like shaking hands. You you hit the ground running. So I followed you since those days and you've had Chippy, right? And you've mm -hmm. been you've been drawing and doodling and, and doing this ever, like just for fun. And then recently, and I think more projects are going to do it, go this route, right? You have a little bit of a storyline and narrative. You've built up the IP of like who, who he is. You've created a personality for Chippy. And then you release weekly one, two, or three different cartoons, right? So back to that word of scarcity, you, mm -hmm. you create that, that scarcity right off the bat, right? You're not, you're not launching 10,000 and hoping they sell out. You release three, you release two. So talk us through how you released your project because I thought you did it really right. I was like, this guy gets it. He's built up this community and now he's gonna release them kind of like through a drip mechanism. I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I wasn't that strategic. Looking back, it looks like I was, uh, but I'm not, I wasn't that, you know, to be completely transparent, what happened just at a high level um, is I was working at VFriends and uh, I left the friends uh, after working for Gary for like three years because uh, as much as I loved it, I just want to try something new. I joined a startup with a friend. They were building a, um, a platform for, web, you know, Web3 communities. I joined the startup. They're great, but it just wasn't for me. And I left like two months later. And uh, instead of joining another company, I was like, wait, let's take a bet on myself. All I wanted to do my whole life was draw. Like, why not just take a chance, see if this works out? And if it doesn't, in four months, I'll just get another job because um, I because I saved up. And um, so that's where we are. And you know, I've, I'm working on two projects right now, right? So there's this Good Morning Doodles project that you reference, where um, every Friday I'm dropping anywhere between two to five doodles. And to be completely transparent, as you know, yes, the scarcity and stuff worked out. But um, to be honest, the reason I even did this project the way I did was, um, I was a little insecure. I was like, I'm not an artist. I don't have like an art degree, or I don't have any of these credentials. Uh, are people actually gonna even wanna buy any of this? So I'm like, let me put out one. And my first doodle that I dropped, was um this cartoon i made and i dropped it on a random sunday i didn't tell anyone i just dropped it 
um, on, on OpenSea using the OpenSea contract as a collection. And I just posted on Twitter, like, hey, just made my first NFT. And dude, it got sniped like in a, less than a minute after I posted it on Twitter. And that was like, weird, why did someone buy this? And, uh, and then that gave me a little bit of confidence. And I was like, hey, let me drop two next week on Friday. That dropped two and they got sold out in like 40 seconds. I was like, wait, what's happening? And uh, what I found out was one, people did like the art. They did like it. I'd say like 80% was the art, but then the other 20% was, hey, Zane, we know you well enough to know like one, we just want to like support you, but two, you're probably going to do something else with this. Like you're going to reward us in some weird way, even though I didn't promise that. And uh, sure enough, now I'm working on another project in conjunction where it's going to be a bigger project. It's not going to be a PFP, but it's gonna have a little more supply. It's gonna be easier cost of entry, but I will reward these OG doodle holders. So um, that's kind of where I'm at right now, but it started honestly with just like as an opportunity to um, prove to myself that it is a thing you can do and you can be successful at. I know we got, we're short on time here. I think the big thing I heard, and guys, go give Zane a follow. So it's, it's you see his name is Zane Gaziani. Did I say that right? Yeah, that's spot on. Uh, it's just a period in between those on, uh, on Instagram and on Twitter, same thing? Yeah, yeah, It's uh, if you search that name on Twitter, you'll find me. One of the best follows, uh, mixes in creativity, good vibes. Uh, I think you're kind of funny, you have an interesting sense of humor too. Uh, I think the big thing I heard is you save money. Like I think a big difference in some of these projects is how over leveraged people are, right? Like a lot of people can't hold through the ups and downs because they're over leveraged. Like what's interesting is, I don't believe you can buy stocks with a credit card, but you can buy crypto with a credit card, right? Mm -hmm. and we know how cheap money is. So people out there, let's say their net worth is 50K, they're probably in like 150K in crypto NFTs, all that stuff. Like people are incredibly over leveraged. And, and that worries me a lot because on, on November 2nd, from a macroeconomic standpoint, the Fed is going to be talking and all that stuff. And if interest rates go up, uh, it, it's, it's, gonna have a really interesting trickle down effect. So from a macro standpoint, look at that. Cage, any final questions for Zane? Uh, guys, if you're in New York City, NFT NYC, how do you even sign up for that? Like, how do you get a ticket? It's already sold yeah, out, so you gotta get it on secondary. Yeah, they've <laughs> sold out. That's the crazy thing. I actually just made a cartoon about it. Uh, NFT NYC, for whatever reason, and there's probably good reasons for it, but didn't do an NFT. They didn't do like, one. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like real, just like a normal ticket you buy, like you know, Ticketmaster or something, instead of doing an NFT, uh, which cracks me up. But uh, yeah, you have to like actually, it's already sold out, so you have to buy from people that already have it. I'm not even actually going to go to the official event. I think I'm just going to chill during the day and work, and then I'll be at like the unofficial events with the actually get to meet people and stuff. So here's Jesse my Isler last question that. for uh, for Zane, right? So. Uh, Focusing on two people, people who are uh, maybe putting a project out now or people who might have put a project out and maybe it's stalled. Maybe it didn't have the results that they, you know, that they wanted, you know, the, you know, the teams out there who are thinking about, you know, the space. What kind of advice can you give them? What kind of advice from V friends, from what you're doing, from the communities you're in, from the, you know, the projects like WhoCats that you're in. What kind of advice can you give somebody who's, you know, maybe saying, I, I got, I failed, right? Mm -hmm. You know, my, my thing's not doing what I thought it was going to do. Shoot. Yeah, I think um, that's important, man. Well, the cool thing about like NFTs are like, unless you like, I guess just end the project, uh, you can always revive it, right? I know there's been a couple of instances where that's happened. And uh, I think like if I if I was responsible for a project or I was on a team that had a project that didn't do well, then it, it, it isn't going up. Um, but I have some sort of community on Discord or on Twitter, I'd be where the community is and, and host, I'd reach out to all of them and host some sort of like a Q&A. Um, I would just ask like, hey, like you're a holder or you were a holder. 
um, what happened? Like, you know, was it another project? Like, did we not give you enough things? Uh, and then also look at the feedback because a lot of people that buy into projects and sell for a loss um, usually are pretty vocal. You know, they might tell you, they might post about it on their Twitter. They might at least tell you on your Discord. Go back and read those comments. You'll find most of your answers there. And I'd say if you're a new builder, like we mentioned earlier, right, is there's so many projects happening. There's going to be more and more every day. It's going to get more competitive as a solo artist or as a bigger team. So just figure out like what's going to make you stand out because the to your point, the quality projects are, are still going to stand out. You just have to like, and just be active. Like that's my last thing is, you know, I've talked to a lot of people that are starting projects, like big artists too, uh, recently. And some of them were straight up just like, hey, I wanna do this NFT thing, I've heard about it. And I'm like, cool, like, you know, what's your Discord strategy? Like how active can you be? And they're like, well, I'll go in there like maybe once a month. I'm like once a month, like you're not gonna, like your project's not gonna succeed. Like once a month, you need to be on there like once a day minimum. Um, so just like making sure you're really about it because you don't have to do an NFT project. Really ask yourself, like, why are you doing this? Are you doing this just because it's, it's going to be bring you money? Well, what's the money worth if it sells, but then you don't like give back to it and your brand's ruined. Is that really worth it? Um, there's a lot there to unpack, but, but I think as, as, if, as long as your intent is good and you're being really active and understanding what's going to make you guys stand out, that's super important. I know you got to balance. We always like to keep people on time. Yeah. Uh, this is guys. I think no one else is going to do a program like us. It's casual. We cover a variety of topics. We really want to educate people. We've done something similar in the sports card space. We love crypto and NFTs. Zane, can you just give us one, two, three names of another guest that you think would add value to our audience? Oh, man. Uh, yes. I think, um, let's see. What if, uh, so I'll hit you up with the, the gentleman who made the Toto is a good dog. I actually don't even know who that creator, like, their real name is but i'll hit you up with their info they're really awesome i love their work and what they're doing they're doing weekly stuff like me um there's a oh there's a guy a really nice guy his name's eddie gangland um he's like this traditional painter who started doing nfts earlier this year and now his stuff is like popping up he's also one of the first i believe uh, featured artists that's going to be featured on coinbase's new platform and his whole life has changed because of nfts he's an amazing artist so he's a friend of mine i'm happy to make an intro there uh if he's interested um but those love two it. definitely come to mind Zane, appreciate you. Thank you for being so generous with your time. Guys, I think there's so much value. I would go back and re-listen to this, take notes, try to improve, try to navigate this NFT world, which is literally the wild, wild west. Love you, crypto casuals. Love you, Zane. Wish you all the success. Go support. It's uh, his good morning doodles on OpenSea. You could check it out. Super cool. Peace.